As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. In a world of twisted facts, alternative narratives, corrupted corporations, and hacked feeds, how can we decipher the difference between truth and fiction? It's time to take back the truth. Read Robert Kiyosaki's Fake and learn the signs to recognize fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. Determine what's real in a world where falsehoods are a weapon. Don't let fake advice destroy your financial future. Visit therealkiyosaki.com to read Fake by Robert Kiyosaki. That's therealkiyosaki.com. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. This is Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. So the theme of today's Rich Dad Radio Show, I'll start with this before I get to it. Have you ever had anybody stab you in the back? Have you ever had a friend you trusted screw you over? Have you ever had somebody run off with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Or have you had a boyfriend or girlfriend run off with somebody else? Ever had those experiences? So that's kind of the theme of today's show because, or let me ask you this, how many have ever been accused of something you haven't done? How many people said he did that, but, and you know you haven't, but you have to defend yourself. But today, everybody is accusing everybody of things and you don't really know what's, what's a real accusation or a fake accusation. So today's program is about addiction. Now everybody says, well, I don't have any addictions. More specifically, our today's program is about opioid addiction. Oh no, I don't, I don't wanna to listen to this program because I don't have an opioid addiction. You know, my kids don't have any addictions. And that's called denial. You know, denial is not a river in Egypt. Because today's program, you're going to find out, even if you don't have an opioid addiction, we all have some kind of addiction. And the big picture on addiction, it's also called self-sabotage. I mean, how many of you stab yourself in the back? How many of you say things like, okay, I'm going to go on a diet today, and then a day later, you're back off of it again? Or how many of you say, well, I'm going to, make more money, but you do nothing. Those are addictions. You see, when I look at people who are poor, they're addicted to something. And un unless that addiction is addressed, the poverty continues. The same as being a middle-class person, you know, stuck in this job you hate and all this. That's an addiction. There's a deep, deep mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical addiction in there. So today we're talking about self-sabotage and addiction but it's gonna look like we're talking about opioid addiction because it's an epidemic across the United States and the world today, and heroin. But also, so is suicide and addiction. Between certain age groups, I think 15 to 20, suicide rate is up 40%, something like that. That's an addiction. You have, you have really famous people whose, whose lives seem to be working, like Anthony Bourdain, and I would love to have his job, you know, travel the world eating. But he kills himself. So what's going on, sports fans? That's, that's what today's program is about. So today, 
Our special guest is Rich Dad Advisor Josh Lennon. I'm very proud of this guy. You know, he's going to talk about addiction because he runs Warriors Heart Treatment Center. It's a, it's a place where warriors like military, police, and firefighters, you know, people with, you know, very macho jobs come to face their addiction. What are they addicted to? And Josh is the author of Social Capitalism, Passion and Profits, and Entrepreneurial Journey. So a whole part about this, if you're addicted, like you're stuck in a job or you're tired of your friends screwing you over all the time, those are addictions. So Josh, welcome to the program. Thanks, Robert. Honored to be on the show again. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And uh, let me ask you this, how did you get in, why did you form Warrior's Heart? And why did you write huh. Social Capitalism, a Rich Dad Advisor book, Passion and Profits, and Entrepreneurial Journey? What gives you the right to write that book and be in this business of addiction? And that's a great question because I think it's important always to look at the why. Why do people do what they do? What's the underlying driver? And for me, I crawled into a rehab center myself in 2001. You know, uh, it was easier to drink and to drown my problems than it was to get treatment. So I did that for years. And uh, once I finally said, enough is enough, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, my wife, uh, you know, she, she helped me and so let's, let's find a treatment center. So I admitted him to a center and that's when I really started that journey of trying to find out why was I doing what, what I was doing. So I mean, what, what specifically, really, to give us a description of what life was like, because you were very successful in business and all this, yet you, you're addicted to alcohol, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, so I, I ran nightclubs in Las Vegas. I was in my 20s, it was exciting, it was fun, I had a pocket full of cash, but I, inside my mind, I was miserable, I was depressed, I wondered why I had a, a decent wife, you know, why would she stay around me? I'm, I'm a loser. I'm this and that. So all of these negative thoughts were inside my head, and I didn't know why. So I drowned it with alcohol, and that worked for a while. But at a certain point, it stopped working, and all the pain was there no matter what I did. So the alcohol did not kill the pain? No. It did for a while, but then it stopped working, just like many addictions is that it's a distraction, but at a certain point, your tolerance level and your pain exceeds the amount that you're consuming. Correct. And we're, we're talking about, today we're gonna to talk about opioid addiction, but as you pointed out, every single human being has an addiction, is that correct? <laughs> we're all addicted. We're right. addicted to our thoughts, we're addicted to our jobs, we're addicted to our social status, food, I mean, you name it, uh, it, it, how the body is designed, really. That's self-sabotage, isn't it? It is, but a lot of times we don't recognize it as right. sabotage. We see it as a distraction or self-medicating behaviors. So but once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We like to take things head on. And don't sit there and say, well, I don't have an opioid addiction. We're all addicted. I call it self-sabotage. You don't need somebody stabbing you in the back. You're doing it yourself. You do it to yourself. You know, like I, I met this woman the other day and she can't walk. And she used to be a marathoner, 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 but she blew her knees out. Now she can't walk. And she's probably 45 years old. And she's she's almost crippled. So I said, why don't you um, 
go see this person for this, you know, try stem cells. She says, I can't do it. It's too expensive. Yep. I went, what? I can't seek help. It's too expensive. I, I'm going, are you kidding me? And you know, all of this problem with medical, you know, people are trying to go to the hospitals. They can't afford it. You know, saying I can't afford it to me is an addiction. That's what keeps a person poor. I can't afford it. I don't have the time. You, th you think I'm made of money? I'm just not as lucky as you. All <laughs> right. So that's well, self-sabotage. And that's one of the primary problems of our opiate uh, crisis and epidemic is that it's much easier to get high than it is to get treatment. Correct. For the pain. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, uh, Josh and I laugh about it all the time, but my addiction is Chinese food. <laughs> and the trouble, with, the trouble with my addiction to eating is I eat when I'm happy. I eat when I'm sad. I eat when I'm bored. I eat because I want to eat, and I just can't seem to stop eating. So, as you, you once pointed out to me, you know, alcohol is somewhat easier than food because you can you can go cold turkey on alcohol, but you can't go tur cold turkey on food. Is that correct? That's correct. And and to shift that paradigm is when you're happy or you're sad or whenever that triggers the craving for Chinese food. It is. It's harder to go work out. It's harder to go to get a massage, to listen to music, to read a book, to shift those paradigms. We just fall back in our patterns, and that's what addiction is. It's a pattern that, that overrides our decisions. We become, uh, it's like an autopilot. Right. So when I was happy, I'd eat. And then I get unhappy because I feel fat and ugly and horrible. So I feel fat, horrible, and ugly. Ugly, so I eat. Mm -hmm. There goes that addiction spiral. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. should I go to the gym? No, I'm too full. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, for all of you out there say, well, I don't have any addictions. This is your program. Because if you're self-sabotaging, if you're stabbing yourself in the back, then you have an addiction. And if you say you don't have that, then right now maybe you should be walking on water because if you don't take a look at it, you're addicted. So, Josh, tell us about this opioid epidemic. What, epidemic, what do you know about it? So this, this is my thoughts on it. It, it started in the 90s where doctors, um, more and more patients were complaining about chronic pain. And the doctors are risk adverse. They didn't want to get sued. And more and more malpractice lawsuits started to come into play in the 90s. So the pharmaceutical companies had a great answer for them. Let's give them opiates. Let's give them, you know, Vicodin and Oxycontin and Oxycodone and morphine and fentanyl, these synthetic drugs that take the pain away. So you have a patient that comes in and says, I have chronic pain. I have pain in my legs, my joints. How can you really know if that person is telling you the truth at what scale from one to ten? You know, one person might be a three, another person a seven. So the safer bet to do is to write a prescription for, you know, opiates. But they didn't realize how dangerous and addictive it really was. So now you have all of these uh, doctors with best intentions but wanting to be risk adverse from lawsuits prescribing these opiates. And it has become an epidemic where, you know, 42,000 people a year now are dying of overdoses from it. So how, how, thought, big well, is, how big is the opioid problem? Oh, hundreds of hundred million people are on opiates. I mean, there's, there's, I think they said that 
there's been prescribed in one year a bottle of opiates for every uh, American. And aren't there now you know, criminal operations where they just pump out prescriptions for a fee? Well, yeah, some people go in and they'll, they'll doctor shop and they'll take those prescriptions, settle on the street because it's more valuable on the street. Or if they get cut off from their opiates from the doctors, they'll go right to heroin or fentanyl. They'll go up for the street drugs because it's less expensive. So you have this vicious cycle that's happening. So, so what happens is a lot of since people can't afford or they can't get opioids, they, the, they fall back position since they're already addicted now. They go to heroin because it's cheaper. That's right. And again, it's, it's easier to get high than it is to get treatment. So if I have chronic pain, you're telling me I have to do massage and acupuncture and yoga. That's a pain. That's a pain in the ass. It's easier to get, uh, you know, uh, get high, get opium. Um, but if that runs out, then it's more tempting than to go into the street drugs and the heroin because you haven't addressed the issue, the core issue. So all of us have that addiction, and once that is triggered, it's hard to get off of it. It is. It's that downward spiral, like you're saying, with right. the Chinese food. Right. You use it, you get more depressed, and it just spirals and right. spirals. So coming up, so we'll, get back to, we'll get back to a Rich Dad Radio Show more with Josh Lannon. And, you know, it's, it's about opioid addiction and all this and the epidemic it is. But I think it's an epidemic of unhappiness. You know, it's just unhappy. So in the very simplistic forms, I'm not a therapist and all that. And so what happens is one of the reasons people are unhappy is they self-sabotage. You know, they stab themselves in the back. They stay at a job they hate. They don't make enough money. Instead of studying and taking classes, you know, they go and watch, they go to Disneyland or watch pro football. You know, distraction is also an addiction. So when we come back, we're going more into how you can succeed and work against the addiction of self-sabotage. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. What is your number one expense in life? Your number one expense, it's taxes. And I've asked the question is, how come there's no financial education in school, but why isn't there education on taxes either? You know, they tell you to save money, which is stupid. They tell you to invest in the stock market, which is stupid. But what they teach you about taxes? So here at Rich Dad Advisor, Tom Wheelwright, we're talking about his revision for his book, Tax-Free Wealth. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Robert. So what's the Tax-Free Wealth about? What, what's different this time? It's a rev revised edition. Well, so what we did was, is we this is the first major tax reform we've had in 30 years, 2017. Right. It was 86 was the last one. 86 was the last one, right. back when I was in Washington, D.C., so many guys got wiped out because of that tax change. <laughs> they did. They yeah. did. It wiped out an entire industry, savings and loans. This new tax law is just as big, but in a very different way. It affects different industries. You know, the tax law is always a series of incentives. And the question is always which incentives and which ones apply to me. And so the, the key to revising tax-free wealth was what is it, what changed so much in this new tax law that we can absolutely take advantage of, I mean, seriously, the amazing incentives. For example, I mean, the bonus depreciation, for example, for real estate is unbelievable. You buy a, a, a million-dollar apartment, get a $300,000 reduction or more the very first year. So if you want to make more money and pay less taxes like Donald Trump and myself, get Tom's book, Tax-Free Wealth. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout, 
it is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And today's program is about self-sabotage. I mean, you don't have to have somebody shoot you down. Every day, most of us get to work and stab, stab ourselves in the back or shoot, shoot ourselves in the foot because we're all addicted to something. So today's is about how do you stop self-sabotaging your success, your wealth, but most importantly, your happiness. Because I think the reason people get addicted is at the very simplistic level, they're unhappy. So they want to get high, high, high. So you can listen to the Rich Dad program anytime, anywhere on Rich Dad Radio, on iTunes or Android, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them for several reasons. One of them is so you can listen to this program again, because if you want to minimize your self-sabotage or even get rid of it, this is a program to listen to again and again and again. But also very importantly is have friends, family, and business associates listen to this program and discuss it. Because let me tell you, I'm gonna go into it a little later in this program. There's self-sabotage going in amongst your friends, family, and business associates. So our guest today is Josh Lennon. He's Rich Dad Advisor, co-founder of Warrior's Heart Treatment Center, author of the Rich Dad Advisor book, The Social Capitalist. How you take your passion and profits on an entrepreneurial journey. So what Josh basically did, he took his addiction and turned it into a business of curing other addicts. And Josh's website, if you have somebody who would like to find out more about what Josh's work is, his website is warriorsheart.com, one word. So Josh, would you quickly uh, explain what Warrior's Heart does and how you address, and, and then you know why do you specialize in firefighters, police officers, military? That's why it's called you, you Warriors. Bet. Absolutely. So it, first, it starts with the suicide rates because we talked about you know distractions and depression, and you know suicide has been going up the last twenty years, thirty percent consistently. So I think there's what like forty-five thousand people that have committed suicide. So if you start diving into it, well, why? Why are we so unhappy? You know, why are we distracting and self-medicating ourselves so much? Eighty percent of those that have committed suicide had substances in their body. So they were either drunk or high when they did those final acts. So that was really an aha for us. So wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There was a, just on CBS News about this young girl, class valedictorian, future was bright, and everything was going, no problems and all this but she jumped off a bridge. Are you saying she was already on something? It's a high probability that she was on either some sort of uh, uh, psychotropic meds for depression, anxiety. Yes, she was on something, or she was on some sort of 
controlled substance. You don't know. But the stats say that 80% of the people that do commit suicide were higher drunk when they do it. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. Because so they just want to stay up or, and they're tired of being self-sabotaged and being pulled down. Yeah, they're, they're, they're self-medicating from mental health problems, past traumas, economic despair, whatever it is, is they want to, like you said, distract or disconnect from it. So let me, let me just give you my own personal story here. You know, people say, well, when I'm rich, I'll be happy. Guess what? Not true. Mm-hmm. When I'm successful, I'll be happy. Guess what? Not true. Because you're looking for an outside stimulus to make you happy. And then when I'm down at the bottom and flat broke, once more the addiction kicks in. So, okay, I got to get happy and I got to, I mean, I got to get successful and all this again. So I, I work my way up. I hit the top. And then depression sets in because, God, I made it. You know, I remember thinking, well, when I become a millionaire, I'll be happy. Guess what? I wasn't happy because I was unhappy anyway. Well, guess yep. what? You know, like when I have my new Ferrari, then I'll be happy. And then a new model comes out, so I think a new model would make me happy. Now I have Rolls Royces, <laughs> Ferraris, and all that. And at the and core, I still wasn't addiction. happy. So that's what we're talking right. about here. That's an addiction. That success, money, and material wealth will not fix your addiction. Is that correct, Josh? It's correct. What we need is meaningful work. You know, in the American culture, we're so divided on individualism. You know, the way how we live and work and everything is divided. They rip us apart and have us be an individual, being that we're, we're, I think, at a core level, we're supposed to be in a community, a tribe. We're supposed to work together, cooperate together, do things together. But instead, everything is competing individually. So I'm comparing myself to you. You know, you say you have a Ferrari to go. I don't have a Ferrari. I must suck. My self-worth is less. So it's this cycle of tearing people up, and it happens in school. That's where it starts. And that was a a book we studied, Big Potential by uh, Sean Accor. Get the book. S-E-A-N. Great book. ACOR, A-C-H-O-R. He talks about why suicide is going up up amongst kids because the, pre- the pressure to succeed plus the sabotage of social media is just ripping them to shreds. They get ripped to shreds oh, on social media. So even if they're, they're, if they're happy and they're successful in school, they're, you know, they have bullying. There's horrible stuff going on on social media. Any comments it on is, that, Josh? Have- well, yeah, I mean, I have a 16-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son, and the social media, the video taping, and all that stuff that's happening, it, it's, I would never survive as a kid, <laughs> you know? Nope. Uh, just, it would be very difficult. So anyway, uh, what does Warrior's Heart do? Again, why did you focus on uh, police officers, firefighters, and military? Yeah, so we, we looked at that, where, you know, the suicide rate, well, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. And I think the current stat is 20 a day. So we looked at that and go, is it the chemical dependency? Are they drunk or high when they do the final act? Yes. So that's something that we know how to do. We know how to attack and go after the addiction. So we built a healing center that is just focused for the warrior class, for the active military, for the veterans, for the police officers, the firefighters, the first responders. Because, again, it goes back to a tribe. Those type of people, they run towards problems. They have a natural protection. I want to protect people. Uh, 
that type of culture works together. So we wanted to bring that community together where people say, I understand what you're going through. This is what I went through. The traumas are the, the same or they're similar. So we, be, we created a peer culture where the healing then is really uh, amplified because of what we do. Could you explain what your process is? So they check in, it's a, it's a ranch, it's, a, it's, out, it's out away from stimulus. Yeah, we're right outside San Antonio. We got a 543-acre ranch. Uh, it's a 60-bed facility, and they come in for a minimum of a 42-day. We call it a course. It's like a training course. The guys have never been trained how to live life on life's terms. So we take them away from the distractions, if you will, the self-medicating, and we start to create a new pattern, a new rhythm through our, our program schedules, uh, individual counseling, group counseling. So they get into a new rhythm, so then that gives us an opportunity to go underneath the true root causes of addiction, what's driving it. Again, the mental health issues, the past trauma, the economic despair. What is the driver? So we're attacking it from two folds. We're, we're creating a new pattern, and we're going after the root causes. And uh, what else do you do? I mean, From medical detox because primary we see addiction and prescription drug abuse. Although a lot of our warriors are banged up, they do have injuries. So we gotta teach them new tools and how to, to overcome it instead of just going right to a pill. Uh, we have the inpatient program, we have outpatient, we have long-term sober living. So we have all of these step-down levels of care to meet them where they're at and bring them into an environment that honors them for who they are and, uh, and addresses the core issues of the trauma, of the PTSD, post-traumatic stress, of uh, the depression, of the anxiety. We gotta attack that too. Otherwise, hey, if I just stop drinking, I still hurt. So I gotta figure out what that is and, and to help resolve that the best I can. What are your thoughts on this medical marijuana, marijuana shops opening up and all this? I mean, isn't that more addiction? You know, a lot of people say it's a gateway, and, and it is. I think alcohol is the biggest gateway drug. Um, but I think with the marijuana shops, I think it's brilliant for the, for the tax revenue. Um, I think eventually we'll see legalized heroin, you know, like in other countries. Uh, I think, unfortunately, we're going there. So then it becomes people are going to get access to it, whether it's legal or illegal. So how do we educate them? And how do we create a culture in society where not everyone's so damn depressed and angry and uptight and, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's just that vicious cycle. So what would you say to somebody listening right now? You know, they let's say they have a friend or a family member who's a warrior type, but themselves, maybe they're not firefighters or police officers or medical, and they realize they have some form of addiction that they're battling in silence. What advice and they're self-sabotaging themselves. I mean, they stay in abusive relationships. Yeah. You know, they, they work at jobs that don't make enough money. They can't, they personally cannot do what they need to do because their addiction is kicking them in the gut every single day. So what would you say yeah. to them? Well, first thing, I look at it from like what my wife did for me. She knew I was hurting. She knew I was in pain. But I would, you know, BS her. Oh, everything's okay. It wasn't. She knew it. I knew it. Because you were happy when you were drunk. 
yeah, I mean, I wasn't angry or vi- I mean, I was angry, but I wasn't violent to her or any of that stuff. But I was an ass, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it it took her strength to say, Josh, either you go to rehab tonight or I'm going to divorce you. So I think that is one of the biggest things I could leave for the the loved ones is you got to step in and make the call because otherwise the person that's using is it's there's a lot of shame there's a lot of guilt a lot of times it's hey my family would be better without me if I just you know if I wasn't here if I took my own life I think that they would be better without me those thoughts are in their head so you got to step in and say, you know what, we love you. This is what we're going to do. This is the plan. We're going to get you help. So that was, that was your first step then? It was the first step. And How, did you have to go to the detox was, and withdrawals and all that stuff and pain? Well, luckily, I, I was a binge drinker, so I didn't have too much of the physical withdrawals, but it was, you know, I had mourned my, my drug, my alcohol. I, You know, it was like I was getting divorced from it, so I, I had to go through that process as well. You know, uh, we're talking about family. I know a family, right? And all of them, I mean, all of them, the adults in the family are alcoholics. But you would never guess because, as you call them, they're functioning. And they're, yeah, we're fine. You know, we just start drinking at three. (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're happy people. They're nice. I mean, you would never, ever guess. And then one son-in-law... And he was the happiest guy I ever met. You know, so he's talking to me. He says, I'm going to AA. And I went, why are you going to AA? He says, I start drinking in the morning. But he's the happiest, nicest, most charming guy and all this. So I'd never been to an AA meeting, so I went with him. You know, so I I said to the family, hey, you want to go with us? No, no, we don't have a problem. Yeah. We don't have a problem. He has a problem, but we don't have a problem. So they don't start at eight. They start at three. How much does that family <laughs> affect them? Oh, my gosh. Your environment is huge because we, we learn by watching and observing and our, our elders and our you know mentors. And what are they doing? Oh, the adults are drinking, so I must drink so I can fit in to this tribe or to this group. So family, <laughs> our kids watch us. And it's not what we tell them, it's what we do, and they pick it up. But isn't that called uh, like codependence, or I won't say anything, you you won't say anything? Oh, absolutely. Codependent, that's where you hear the same, the term, I will love them to death, because they're not going to step in, they're not going to say anything, because they don't want that image to be tarnished, and it's better to suffer in silence, but it's not. (laughs) There's so many people that are suffering with, from unhappy jobs to addiction to you know, marriages is you gotta you gotta have that strength to step out of it because that risk is better than staying in it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, over there, they have of course they have a bar in the house, right? <laughs> I mean, they all have bars in their houses, and one one of the families, the father has a clock or some kind of clock or something that says, you know, happy hour starts at five, and then the the clock has. All, only fives on it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> right. Somewhere right. in the world, it's five o'clock. It's the same or something. <laughs> all justification. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he built his environment so it justifies his behavior. And people go, oh, yeah, that's funny. It's like, yeah, man, that, no, that's not cool. Well, look what your kids are doing. And now they're, you know, going to AA meetings and 
they're struggling and do you still think it's funny yeah yeah so the yeah. one the one is a is a it's a brother-in-law who's married to one of the daughters and they're all they're all happy people Mm-hmm. And he's still happy. I mean, he went on, he faced it. it, took him like four or five years, and now he does sort of the same thing you do. He counsels people through the process. So that's, that's giving great. back, right? It is, and that becomes the full circle is, you know, what we've gained, this knowledge, this information, we got to give it back. Otherwise, we're selfish. Yeah. You know, just like you teaching financial education. That's generous. Yeah. That That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. So once again, I mean, he's 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 clean, he's happy, but to the rest of the family, good thing it was his problem, not theirs. That's called denial. So everybody has some kind of self-sabotage addiction, and please, if you have a chance, read The Social Capitalist, Passion and Profits, and Entrepreneurial Journey by Josh and Lisa Lannon, L-A-N-N-O-N. So we come back, we'll be going to Ask Robert, our most popular part of the program. So uh, Josh has uh, generously agreed to stay on for the Ask Robert portion of this Rich Dad Radio Show. You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. So today's program is about sabotage. Have you ever had anybody stab you in the back? Have you ever had somebody you trusted screw you? Or how many of you have screwed somebody else? So today's program is about addiction, but more self-sabotage because that's what addictions do. For example, you know, most people say, I'm gonna go on a diet, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds, and then by lunchtime, they're back at the cheeseburger. That's an addiction. That's unhappiness driving them. So it's a very important program, even though, you know, we're talking about the opioid addiction, because it's massive right now, spreading, but it's more than opioids. You know, we're all addicted to something, and a lot of it, as I can attest to you, I was driven by if if I make a million dollars, then I'd be happy. And I made the million dollars. I still wasn't happy. You know, when I have, I've now had, I think, five Ferraris, the Lamborghinis, Bentleys, Rolls Royces. And I always thought, well, if I get that, then I'll be happy. And I'm only finally now realizing that it's unhappiness that's driving me. Now, it's a good thing about it because I got a lot done. But the stress and the strain on my body and the mental anguish nearly killed me in the process. And there's a better way to do it. So our guest today is Josh Lannon. He's a Rich Dad Advisor, co-founder of Warrior's Heart Treatment Center. He's author of The Social Capitalist, 
passion and profits and entrepreneurial journey. Website is thewarriorsheart.com. Oh, I forgot to say, you can listen to this program again and again because everything's archived at richdadradio.com. And the reason we archive them is so you can listen to it again because it's a very important subject because we all have an addiction or many addictions. But most importantly, your friends, family, and especially business partners. Listen to it again because the best part's yet to come. This is the Ask Robert part of the program where you get to send your questions in. Submit your questions to richdadradio.com. So, Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question today, Robert, comes from Rosalind in San Marcos, Texas. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, hi, Robert. How do you or have you addressed a business relationship with a partner that started out strong and then deteriorated? After two years of starting a successful company, my business partner and I are now disagreeing on practically everything. Our communication has broken down, and I don't know how to get it back on track. What's your advice? Well, I thank you for your forthrightness and all this. And uh, it's a very important question because if you have relationships, you have problems. Because everybody has an addiction. Everybody else has a self-sabotage in them. And sometimes the way they self-sabotage is they stab their partners in the back or their husbands or wives or kids. So, Josh, anything you want to say about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you're right. Um, self-sabotage or sabotaging someone else with this relationship, with the, with the partnership, it sounds like it was going well and then something happened. Maybe it was something that they said or did, or, but something triggered and there's a, they have a different relationship now. So one of the first things I would recommend is bringing in a coach or a counselor or someone to sit down from a mediator's point of view and to get you know, to, to get in between both of them and say, all right, where are you at? Where are you at? To see if you can resolve the upset. Because a lot of times it's not about the other person. It's about you. So what are you really upset about? What triggered it? Maybe it was a past relationship. It has nothing to do with your partner. So if you can get to those root causes, then you could actually heal it and be, be stronger from it. And I tell you what, you know, Josh is speaking from experience. I am speaking from experience. The lawsuits I've been in have been Max partners. Yeah, you know, we, we've made a lot of money together. We're all successful. Then the knives come out. So let me tell you a story from the Marine Corps because, as I always say, most people have no idea what it's like to be a warrior. You, know, you go to college and you learn to screw your classmates. It's called the bell curve. You know, there's only one person can get an A and somebody has to get an F. That's academics. It's about stab your buddy in the back. There's no cooperation because cooperation is called cheating. Well, I went to military school, academy, very, very, very prestigious academy. Then I spent five years in Marine Corps. So I'll just this quick story. So Marines have to operate together because we're operating in hostile environments. So they spent a lot of time getting us to work together. So I was in Okinawa, 19, January 1972. We were staging. We we're getting ready to go into Vietnam. And it was a major airfield at Fatima, Okinawa. It's a Marine Corps air station. It's still a massive station out there because of the war efforts. And we had a, we had a Major Hughes, Major Tom Hughes, the greatest commanding officer I ever had. The guys loved him. And we were a gunship squadron. So there was big, those Jolly Green Giant squadrons. There was F-4 pilots, there were A-4 pilots, fighter pilots, attack pilots. 
46 pilots, and there was us, the little gunship squadron. We were living out in the corner of the airfield in wooden boxes. We got no respect. We had eight Huey gunships, but only 10 pilots. You see, it takes at least two pilots to fly an aircraft. And we, we should normally have, for eight, for eight helicopters, we need about 24 pilots, Huey gunship pilots. And the problem was there was, why were there no gunship pilots? Because we had the shortest life expectancy of all pilots. Our life expectancy was 30 days. And that's why we had a thing called the FNG, the FNU guy. Nobody wanted to fly with the FNG because he didn't want to get to know him because he was gonna die in 30 days. And they were so desperate for gunship pilots, they were even converting F-4 Phantom fighter pilots to helicopter pilots gunship pilots. So this Major Hughes is the greatest guy. We had a little meeting. We had our eight to 12 little pilots and we were doing our best because some guys have to stay behind. The rest of us are going into Vietnam. So Major Hughes is telling us he's like our teacher. We love this guy. He used to be Colonel Hughes, but now he's Major Hughes, just going backwards. And the reason for that, he was a true raw Marine at the core, raw. He drank and he fought and he loved him. He was like a John Wayne, you know. The boys loved him. So he would talk to us, and we're all young guys. I mean, you know, most of us were under 25, 26. And he says to us, he says, he taught the story of Jesus and Judas. And he said to all of us, he says, there is a Judas, Judas amongst all of us. One of you is a Judas. And if you know the story from the Bible, it was Judas who betrayed Jesus, and Judas was one of the disciples. So as the story from the Bible goes, all the other disciples said, is it me, is it I, is it me, am I Judas, am I Judas, am I, am I, am I the guy that's gonna betray you? So, the, so Major Hughes had us do the same thing. We had to look around the eight or nine other pilots that were remaining, the last guy's alive. And we're, I was a new guy, I was one of the FNGs. And are you the Judas, are you the Judas? It was horrible. We had to look at our very close friends, fellow Marines. We had all come through flight school, three years of flight school together. Who was the Judas? And it was horrible to suspect your friends of screwing you, just like in business. So finally, Major Hughes laughed and he says, so somebody said, how do you know there's a Judas amongst us? You know, his answer was, he says, because it's a Judas in all of us. Don't you ever forget that. That we are the most nasty, vicious human beings, the most untrusty SOBs going. And that's the problem with going to school because we're taught that it's okay to screw your classmates, screw your friends and all this. It's not okay in the Marine Corps. So there's a Judas amongst us because there's a Judas in all of us. It made us very aware of our vulnerabilities. What do you think, Josh? I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, the story, is, it's accurate. It really is. Yeah, most people think they're good people, but there's a effing Judas in every one of us. You know, like, I, I, I even talk to the advisors, say, we're all gonna meditate. As Josh, you know, there's some advisors who turn to Judas pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to meditate. Screw you. Yeah, I'll say I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I think one of the first steps to recognize there's a Judas in all of us. There's a part that will F our friends, but we'll also F ourselves. Like, okay, okay, I, you know, I'm going to diet and then I pass the Chinese buffet and it's all over with. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, it does. That's where meditation so great is because you you get to confront the Judas within you. Well, that little voice starts up. Yeah. So <laughs> all of the advisors, we've now been meditating together for about two years and there's a couple of guys struggling, right, John? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all do from time to time, but to sit with yourself, it can be difficult, but it can also be the most rewarding, too. So, Melissa, what's the next question? Our next question comes from Robert in Bakersfield, California. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He says, how do you stay calm in the often stressful world of investing and running multiple businesses? Well, the reason uh, I had open heart surgery was I don't do well with it. In my drive to be successful, I ate, I drank, I lived in high stress, I didn't eat breakfast, I would have about 10 cups of coffee to get started, and at night I'd have five vodkas to slow down. I was yelling and screaming, but the money kept coming in. And until I met Dr. Radical Pollan, He's my medical doctor. He's a heart transplant surgeon. He wrote the book, A Second Opinion, because not only is he a cardiologist, but he's also an acupuncturist and meditator. So Dr. Gopalan advises the Rich Dad Advisors, the 10 of us, how to meditate, how to stay in touch with God, how to suppress the Judas in us. Because if not, I'd be dead today. Any comments on that, Josh? That's good. No, it's good. Because it's you're you're so true, it's, especially when the money's coming in, you think, well, it must be working, but we're killing ourselves to achieve it. And and for me is, you know, I love the martial arts, and one of the reasons for that is because I really don't know who I am until I'm under the extreme pressure. Right. It's like, who's going to come out today? You know, we talked about is it going to be the hero, or is it going to be the wimp? Is it going to be Rambo or Pee Wee Herman? Right. And with with Brazilian, I'm studying now Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so that's grappling on the ground. So like wrestling, but more complicated. And when I have a, you know, a 250-pound man smashing me on the ground, and I feel like I can't get out, I want to give up. This sucks. I can't breathe. That's when I find that okay, here's your moment. Calm down, breathe. You're okay. And that type of training for me helps me in business. So I try to find that in martial arts. I find it working out. I find it in different venues where when, I, when all that stress is there, it's like, just breathe. You're okay. So then in, that's training. So then in business, I'm like, all right, here it is. Just relax, breathe. You'll get through this. And it doesn't always go the way I want it to, but at least I have a moment to calm my mind down, settle my body down, and still deal with what's in front of me. Yeah, it's the same thing I, I do. You have to go to that calm, still space. That's almost yeah. impossible. So that's yeah. where Rada is kind of our advisor to the advisors. There's, a, there's two books I recommend people read if you really want to be an entrepreneur. I just want to get along with get survive amongst Judas's amongst you. One is called The Rules of a Night, written by Ethan Hawke, the actor. All the advisors read that book. It's a fantastic mm -hmm. book. It's about the code of honor among warriors. 
because as you know, the people that come out of school are effing wimps. You know, they, they cry, they moan, they bitch, and all this stuff, you know. You hurt my feelings. I don't know how what's wrong with this next generation, but we're in trouble. At the same time, we have some of the best fighting forces in the world today. They got better and better and better. You know, four or five deployments now. I only went through one. So one is Ethan Hawke, the rules for a night. And the second one is the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E. That book has really, really changed my personal life over the last year because I had to deal with me. I had to deal yeah. with the saboteur in me. I had to deal with the person that attacked my friends and family, the Judas in me. So that saying that we have amongst the advisors, for things to change, first I must change. So all these people want to change the world. Hey, don't worry about the world. The world screwed up. You got to change yourself first. So that's why it's meditation. We study together, read books together. We have a code of honor among advisors. I mean, it's as tight a group as they get. Is that correct, Josh? It is. So that goes back to the opiate epidemic and stuff. It's easier to take a drug or to distract you, uh, to stay in a job that you don't like, to stay in a dysfunctional marriage than it is to heal, to get treatment, yeah. to push yourself, to grow. But it's worth it if you take that leap of faith and go for it. Well, the two books that we studied as advisors, the last one was Big Potential. It's how school, schools mess us up. Schools are the most dysfunctional place going. Horrible places. God oh may. And the second book, like I said, we're studying Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. It's how to end the self-sabotage in you, but how you stop, how you stop sabotaging everybody else. So once again, I want to thank Josh Lannon. His, uh, his book is The Social Capitalist, Passion and Profits and Entrepreneurial Journey. His website is warriorsheart.com. Please contact him if you have a warrior. You know, not one of these wimpy college kids. And uh, <laughs> Thanks, now, you really can't deal with them. I, I've, I've, I've tried. They have a different paradigm. You know, that's okay to be a wimp. Well, as a former Marine, you know, that is not okay with me. Right, Josh? It's not. And you got to be smacked around a few times before you grow up. Yeah. And I don't think they have. They haven't really no. been smacked around. <laughs> but, of course, Josh, that's so unpolitically correct. You can't say that. <laughs> you're, supposed to, you're supposed to give them roses and a trophy for just being a kid. And a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> so once again, I want to thank you all. You can submit your cash questions to for Ask Robert at richdad radio.com and Josh thanks for your contribution to the world of sanity thank you appreciate it Robert okay and thank you all for listening